The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Let's move to today's Northern Ireland census. Now, there has been some inaccurate reporting I've seen online suggesting that there's now a Catholic majority in Northern Ireland, which isn't actually what the census results finds. But there are more Protestants than, or sorry, Catholics than Protestants, people who identify according to those religions, according to this new census. Amanda Ferguson, tell us the key important numbers that have been disclosed today, please. You were right in what you said earlier. There were a lot of people jumping ahead talking about Catholic majorities, but for statistical analysis, you have to have 50 plus one to have a majority. So the way that the statisticians in the North are framing it is that Catholics are the largest grouping now. Um, so we've been busy dissecting the numbers um, all day. And, you know, there is um, more Catholics in Northern Ireland uh, than there is Protestants for the first time in its 101-year history. So you can't ignore the significance of that. Uh, but I, I think that some of the more interesting uh, results that came through was uh, one of them was the, the massive uh, jump in no religion. So an increase um, from 10.1% in uh, 2011 up to 17% um, in this census, which makes uh, after Catholic, uh, makes uh, no belief, faith, no religion, the, the second uh, biggest group in if you break down all the different uh, denominations. So I think that the Northern Ireland Humanists um, and um, other people have been commenting today about how significant that is and perhaps there needs to be that needs to be better reflected in our education and schooling system. Uh, we know that um, the diversity of Belfast is, is uh, getting, getting better. It's not as uh, a white a place as it used to be, that uh, the second biggest uh, population is from the, the, the Polish community, but also that ethnic minority uh, groups um, had uh, doubled from 2011 uh, to 65,600 people, up from 32,400 people. So I was talking to, to some people, uh, you know, we sort of vox popping after the results came in today, um, and I was uh, talking to a man who identifies himself as being a Belfast man. He's been here for 25 years, but he identifies as Jamaican-British, and he was saying that he's noticed himself over the last 10 years that there are more people that look like him uh, on the streets and more people making their home here, and that was something that he really welcomed as well. Amanda, 46% of the population identify as Catholic, but I wonder, is that a cultural thing as in relation to their upbringing rather than continuing to be practising Catholics? Yes, well, 42.3% of people identified as Catholic, whereas 457 uh, percent um, either identified as Catholic or the religion that they uh, were brought up in. I think that I, you know, I asked the, the guys at uh, the, the stats department, would it be possible in the next census to actually ask people whether they practice religion or not? Because sometimes in the North and elsewhere, someone can identify themselves as a Catholic or a Protestant for cultural reasons, and it doesn't mean that they ne- necessarily go to Mass on a Sunday or go to church on a Sunday. So I think that that's going to be something uh, to consider for next time, but that will be something that the the uh, stats guys would consult on, uh, but the politicians ultimately decide what the questions are. So, um, you know, the uh, people have been asking me all day, you know, what difference does this make with regards to a border poll? Obviously, if you're a Catholic or um, if you identify as Irish, it doesn't necessarily make you um, someone who's in favour of Irish unity, but that conversation isn't going anywhere. Um, well, actually, Amanda, you see, this brings up an interesting point about the whole issue of identity and the assumption that some people make that if you're a Catholic, you're automatically a nationalist who wants a 32-county Ireland. If you're a Protestant, you're automatically a unionist who wants to keep the union with Britain but doesn't want to unite at Ireland. Because there's a breakdown as to how people identify themselves between being British 
Irish or Northern Irish. Tell us about those figures. Yes, that's right. Uh, we saw that um, the proportion of people who identified as British only is 31.9%, uh, while 29.1% said Irish only and 19.8% said Northern Irish only. So I've seen particularly with that group that identify as Northern Irish, there's been a lot of people claiming them uh, for, you know, that, that means that they're accept, they, they, you know, they accept the status quo or that they are British or that they don't want Irish unity. But I don't think that you can actually say that because there is such a complexity of identity up here that just because someone holds a particular passport or identifies themselves in a particular way doesn't necessarily mean uh, we know what way they would vote uh, in a border poll. And I think sometimes people can layer up uh, what, what someone means without actually asking directly, you know, what do you actually want? And I suppose that's the, the question that would, that would come in a border poll. But whenever I'm saying that the conversation isn't going anywhere, I don't mean that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a useless conversation. I mean that it is uh, something that is continuing on a, on a daily basis that has accelerated post-Brexit. Um, and I'd imagine that some people will have found some comfort in the stats that we're seeing today, just about the change in makeup of the North. Uh, and how that it's no longer, you know, the the famous quote, the the Protestant state for the for the Protestant people. Um, and I think the politicians have all been quite careful whenever they have commented on the the stats released today to acknowledge that it's the significance, but also to, to say it's important that you know we all respect each other's identity and opinion, which I suppose is the way that a mature society does things. McFeelty is with us, the editor of SluggerOtool.com. Mick, do you think does this bring us any closer to a border poll? Uh, I can't. I can't say it does, and partly for the reasons that Amanda outlines, in the sense that nobody was asking anyone in the in the census can, uh, questions would they be in favour of that. I think what you're seeing here is a massive softening of identity, uh, not only in that kind of figure of people saying that they're neither, but also just the complexity in in, uh, in those new Irish or new Northern Irish people that come that are coming in. Um, Actually, when you think about it, when you think about the shock that Brexit has delivered the whole island um, and the sort of pit that we've kind of gone into in the negotiations around all of that, it's actually surprising that those wanting uh, or, 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 you know, who identify as Irish or Irish only isn't larger than that figure. Um, um, But, you know, the, the, the truth is, I think one of the reasons why we're seeing this hybridization or identity innovation, as uh, Dr. Paul uh, Nolan has, has described earlier this afternoon, um, is that people are no longer, it's almost an affordance of the peace. Like, the truth is, when I was growing up in the, in the 70s and the early part of the Troubles, you know, you kind of needed to keep your identity to yourself. You needed to know who it was you were talking to before you would disclose certain opinions in front of them because, quite frankly, it would be dangerous to say the wrong thing, even a relatively innocent thing, um, in front of the wrong person. Over the last 20 years, you know, that's just not been the case. We've seen a lot of mixing in schools, particularly the secondary schools in Belfast, but, you know, some primary schools as well. The old Catholic school that I went to, in Bangor and County Down, now has something around 50% Protestants attending a Catholic ethos uh, secondary school. So, so this is unpredictable. Uh, and I think, although I think Amanda's right in terms of the conversation around border polls and stuff like that, I, I don't see the conditions. I don't see the conditions in the, the immediate term 
to make that kind of any more obvious now than it was uh, 20 years ago in uh, 2001. But Neil Richmond of Fine Gael is with us as well. But Neil, does it suggest, though, that we do need to start making preparations in case we are going to face a border poll, preparations here in the Republic as to what changes and accommodations we would have to make? Yeah, I think we should be doing that regardless of today's results, Matt. I think that all changed greatly with the Brexit referendum when so many people in Northern Ireland found themselves all of a sudden no longer in the European Union, which meant a lot to a lot of people, regardless if they identified it as British, Irish or whatever, religious connotations. And I think what we are seeing steadily is an increasing conversation down here. What we would have had is a lot of people who nominally said, yes, we, we want a united Ireland, but then the levels of support would drop off when they get into the detail. And they said, well, it's something we aspire to, but we're not necessarily prepared to do the work. But I think that work has got underway. I'd like to see it move even further. I think like, at the moment the Shannon are doing a big consultation on it. I very much hope we see that turning into a, an all Oireachtas committee on preparation that if and when we get to have that decision on a border poll, we're actually presenting a very clear concept as opposed to Brexit when it was simply a fantasy that was sold to people. Should it also suggest, though, that perhaps that the unionists who are so caught up in relation to issues about the protocol and then who may be stopping the working of the Good Friday Agreement by that emphasis are also misjudging the overall mood of the people of Northern Ireland? Yeah, and I would have said that, albeit delicately, quite a bit over the last number of months, that you may have had some protests about the protocol, but they were very much being organised and coming from a misguided extreme minority within unionism and loyalism. But when you look at the wider Northern Irish population, politically we look at the Assembly elections and we see the huge gains of the Alliance Party, we see the huge move of the political other as well as the religious other uh, contained in this census result. But perhaps if people actually just want Northern Ireland to work, the majority of people are satisfied with the protocol, even though there's plenty of people who are anti-Brexit that aren't satisfied that it's there in the first place. But ramming up about the protocol, casting the Dublin government and indeed Brussels as the enemy, I think it's a continually misguided strategy um, that has backfired electorally for hardcore unionism and perhaps these census results might cause an additional pause for thought. Well, I'll finish with you, McFielty of com on a question that calls for you to engage in a degree of speculation. But how many of the people do you reckon in the North would regard themselves as European? And I ask that question, given that uh, the majority in the North, when it came to the Brexit referendum, voted to stay within the European Union. But is it actually an identity that many actually embrace? I'm not sure it is. Uh, Look, I mean, let's... I mean, the Irish passport, the rise in Irish passports, I think, is is a real indication that there is an understanding, there is a there is a physical affordance. If you or your kids or your grandchildren have Irish passports, it means they can access uh, third level education, not only in Dublin, Galway, and Cork, but uh, right across the European Union. There are all manner of uh, material benefits that are, uh, uh, accrue from that. So I'm not sure. Even even the passport, though it seems like the quintessence of identity, I think there's always been a pragmatic vein running through um, Northern Protestants uh, and even Northern political unionists, I, I think. But, but, but I think there's a practicality here. Uh, and Brian Walker makes a good point again this afternoon on Slugger, where he, he talks about that the idea of getting a united Ireland is a very attractive uh, prospect 
But the prospect of getting there perhaps is not quite so uh, appealing. When, if the protocol beds in, and there are some warm noises, I think, coming from Truss's government this afternoon, uh, according to the FT, uh, once the protocol beds in, you've got to question just how much more we need from a united Ireland, if we can be, if we can have a shared market, if that market then extends uh, to the south coast of uh, Spain and Portugal, but also the north coast of Scotland and the uh, the border in Kent, that, that you know where once that begins to bed in, um, what is the affordance that we get if we go that extra step? And I think that practical uh, that practical aspect of it, rather than material around identity because as walker says in his piece you know identity and politics are not quite the same we have looked upon it because of historic um the historic fault lines between catholic and protestant you know uh native irish and british planter uh but those are those are those don't really speak to the practicalities of politics and and the willingness to kind of make compromise both north and south if the protocol beds in if the North, Northern Ireland remains within the single market. If links, both social and economic links, are strengthened between the North and the South, um, then, then I just wonder whether sooner or later we just get to be comfortable uh, with the situation that, that, that is immeasurably better than it was 100 years ago, 50 years ago, or even 30 years ago. Uh, and I'm not sure... Uh, I'm not sure that betokens a massive change in constitution, but I think it it perhaps betokens a massive change in social and political outlook. Thank you very much, McFielty from SluggerOldTool.com, Neil Richmond of Fine Gael and Amanda Ferguson joining us from Belfast. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.